Hello, my name is Spencer Perry and today I'm going to be talking to you about monitoring SARS-CoV-2 in the wastewater of campus dormitories. This is my graduate research project that I've been conducting under the supervision of Dr. Shannon Bartelt-Hunt. First, let's go over a little bit of background. So wastewater-based epidemiology, or the method of using wastewater to monitor the waste products of a catchment population was first theorized in 2001. It was initially used to monitor the metabolites of illicit substances such as opiates and amphetamines. And with our growing prevalence of viral outbreaks in this world as a result of globalization, immigration, population growth, and increased, at a global scale, increased issues with sanitation and waste management, this methodology has been applied to viral monitoring, and it has successfully been applied to a variety of viruses, including some common ones like dengue virus, Zika virus, West Nile viruses, hepatitis A and C. And so with the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic in March of last year, researchers wanted to apply WBE, uh, this community level monitoring program to monitoring SARS-CoV-2. And we'll go over some of this existing research here that makes it possible, but essentially this has proven to be successful and it is a community level monitoring program that can reduce biases that may be present in the clinical testing as a result of asymptomatic carriers and people that just aren't getting tested. And so public health responses can be more effectively coordinated with these viral outbreaks to effectively manage this, this virus. So let's go into some of the existing research um, that underlies this project here at the university. Medema et al. found that SARS-CoV-2 can be detected in urine feces. It is a shed virus. Uh, Jeffsnick found that with coronaviruses in general in 2013. And Ahmed and Birch found that SARS-CoV-2 is unlikely to degrade at the temperature and time scales of a sanitary sewer. So because wastewater is a community-wide urine and fecal sample, the virus is shed into the wastewater and is unlikely to degrade at the temperatures and time scales within the wastewater, we are able to apply WBE into monitoring viral loading for some sort of catchment population. Adding on to that, Namudri found that wastewater is a leading indicator in that spikes in the viral loading or carrier prevalence usually preceded the spikes in positive cases or spikes in clinical testing by a few days, giving wastewater-based epidemiology a huge advantage over clinical testing, allowing public health decision makers more time to, to coordinate their health measures and, and managing this virus. And Curtis et al. studied the sampling schemes. And we have grab samples and composite samples. In this research, we use grab samples. And grab samples are a site and time specific sample, whereas composite samples are site specific, but over a period of time. And grab samples are inherently more variable than composite samples. And Curtis recommended not using them for estimates of carrier prevalence, but he did find that they're sufficient in creating a viral time course for, for a catchment, a specific catchment population. Over our detection method, we use QRT-PCR, which is an RNA-based detection method. And this method in our project has been developed largely 
um, with the help of Dr. Mike Wiley and his team over at UNMC. They put a lot of work into that and they've, come, they've overcome many challenges, including viral capture, efficiency, and uh, detection limits. And to overcome this, they, they put in a variety of measures, uh, including internal controls and uh, reducing inhibitors to PCR analysis. And they've been able to create a very sensitive viral copy analysis uh, method. And then lastly, like I mentioned before, we have the viral time course and the carrier prevalence. The carrier prevalence is essentially saying X amount of people in some population are infected, whereas the viral time course um, is the viral concentration over time. So you're not taking that extra step in estimating carrier prevalence. So the objectives of this research is we want to determine the adequacy of our grab samples and monitoring the virus for these campus dormitories. You know, do these grab samples work? When we have positive clinical cases, do we get positive hits in the grab samples? Our objective too is to de determine the efficacy of our public health measures that we've taken on campus. Are the viral loadings in the wastewater being reduced as a result of public health measures that have already been taken on campus? Third objective is to compare and contrast the wastewater results with clinical testing, which kind of feeds into that, that first objective there. And, the last objective is to determine the viral loading that significantly corresponds to positive cases for future applications. So we want to know if we have a measured viral loading, can, at, what, at what point can we be reasonably confident that there's positive cases within this catchment population. So next I want to go over some of these research methods that we use. And I want to focus on this chart here first. This is our workflow chart, kind of how we conduct our research for this project. So we collect weekly grab samples from wastewater effluent to campus dormitories. And these sites, these sample sites, we chose directly downstream of community living areas. So it is the first convergence of sanitary sewer pipes that is representative of an entire catchment population, which in this case happens to be the campus dormitories. So we collect our weekly grab samples and transport them to UNMC for viral analysis and PKI for the wastewater solids analysis and so we've been we've been conducting a general wastewater analysis using standard methods on total solids total suspended solids and chemical oxygen demand and then unmc has been using the gaijin qrt pcr test to get viral copies um, per milligram of wastewater solids and during this whole time we take protective measures where ppe sanitize our workspaces etc and so, like I said before, we have viral copies per milligram of wastewater solids. So we need to normalize our viral copy measurements to our wastewater solids measurements, combining that data. We can then develop our location-specific viral concentration time course. And we have yet to acquire our clinical testing data from the COVID-19 uh, research team at UNL. And this is going to help us a lot in this objective three and objective one. Um, but we have been able to come up with some initial results here on our wastewater testing alone. And that's what we're going to go over here next. So let's focus on the fall 2020 wastewater testing summary first. In fall 2020, we had a control group and a community living group. And then with the corresponding positive and negative detection, positive being the SARS-CoV-2 virus was found in the wastewater. And 
the control is a dormitory that has been allocated for COVID-19 positive residents. So in theory, the control should always test positive for SARS-CoV-2. In fall, we, we found that the control tested 87.5% positive and 71% positive in the community. So it's, it's, you know, these numbers are relatively close. And it's safe to conclude that the virus is definitely present within the community living situations in the fall 2020 semester. And then as we move from the fall 2020 semester to the spring 2020 semester, the university implemented some university-wide health measures like the saliva-based testing program, the Safer Community app. And we observed that 100% positive detection in our control for, for this entire semester and a 15% positive detection for the community living. And so the implementation of these university-wide health measures kind of corresponds to a 56% decrease in total positive detections in the wastewater viral loading, which is, a, which is pretty significant um, and kind of sh shows you the efficacy of these public health measures. And so lastly, I want to go over some of these discussion and conclusion points. So first, first point here is the spring 2020 university health measures significantly reduced the viral load on the campus dormitories. We also had a consistent recovery of viruses in the control wastewater showing that our method is sensitive and is adequate in reducing inhibitors and allowing for increased um, sensitivity. I do want to discuss this, this result here in the fall 2020 control. So there were instances where we had to turn the sinks on due to low flow conditions and we wanted to sample every single week. So we sampled every week, even if we had to turn sinks on. And the negative detections that we had were essentially the samples that we had to turn sinks on for. So it's possible that that may have influenced our results here a little bit. And in the, in the spring semester, we did not turn any sinks on. If we could not collect a sample due to low flow, we did not. And we are experiencing 100% positive detection, which is what we should expect given that the people, everyone inside of this dormitory is COVID positive. And so then I wanna discuss the QRT-PCR. It's been, it's been a little bit challenging because we have a heavy demand for the RNA polymerase enzyme, which the detection method relies on. And so over the summer, I will be looking into the LCMS peptide analysis, which is a protein-based um, detection method that has a lower cost and higher throughput and does not rely on any enzymes. So also we had some challenges, or challenges in the sampling procedures, including our winter sampling, low flow and occupancy conditions. We had cars parked on manholes at times and we had low visibility in our cold temperatures due to all the steam coming out of the manholes. And it, was, it was difficult to grab these samples at times and so auto sampling would be a better, but also it's tough to install auto samplers because although you do get a composite, it requires utility boxes and you can't place a utility box in a parking space on campus. And so I guess our next steps here, we wanna determine the adequacy of grab samples in our viral load monitoring after we acquire this clinical testing data from the UNL COVID-19 research team. 
that way we can make that comparison between wastewater testing and clinical testing, positive to positive, make sure it lives up to that standard. And we also want to develop a viral loading limit that is representative, um, that we can be positive that there's increased cases in some sort of catchment population. And all in all, we, we hope that our input and our testing can provide the university with a more refined approach to individual testing and allow them to concentrate their resources and their efforts in managing this virus. With that, um, this research is still in progress and I thank you for taking the time to see where we're at and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you.